Welcome to Moms of Truth. My name is Alicia. I'm a mom of four, a homeschooler, and a seeker of God's truth. I was originally going to move on to a new topic today, but as I was reviewing this last series on discipline, the Holy Spirit began to enlighten me on some more things that need to be shared with you mamas. So you can consider today an extension episode. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have to focus on motherhood. Father, we thank you that your word is living and that it corrects us and teaches us how to live, Father, that we may be fully prepared to train up this next generation. Father, may we be the kind of mothers who walk in integrity, who are humble and steadfast and diligent to raise up children that know you, love you, and submit to you. Give us this day, Father, our daily bread. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a few years ago, my husband and I took our kids to a birthday party at a friend's house and everything's going as fine as it can for a five-year-old's party until it was time for the birthday boy to open up his presents. There was probably about 20 other kids there aside from ours. And as it goes with most birthday parties, the other kids just get so overwhelmed with excitement that they're almost sitting on top of the kid who's trying to open the gifts. We've all had to tell our children, back up, give them some space, move back, honey. But at this party, the kids weren't told to back up by their parents. So a few gifts in, one thing leads to another, and now the birthday boy isn't even able to open his own gifts. Meanwhile, parents are standing there and watching this unfold, saying absolutely nothing. My husband and I, to be honest, are growing upset, but mostly we're baffled at the sight of no parent correcting their child about opening this little boy's gifts. Meanwhile, our kids are sitting in chairs because we instructed them to do so because we've had this issue in the past. And then we also corrected them when they tried to break that boundary. We got so many looks from the other parents as if we were being harsh and cruel to our children. The mom and dad um, who were who were doing the birthday party were overwhelmed and I believe too afraid to enforce a boundary. But on occasion, the mom would politely ask the children to let her son open his own gifts, but they didn't hear her, didn't phase them at all. It was just complete chaos. And this poor, sweet birthday boy didn't stand a chance as these 20 something kids swarmed his gifts and opened them one by one. We live in a time where parents think it's cruel to correct or discipline their children. They think that it's harsh and unfair to give them boundaries and then enforce them. If you're seen correcting your child in any way, you're judged and made to feel like you're in the wrong. Moms are afraid to correct their children in public and hope. Don't even dare tell anyone how you had to physically punish your child or let someone see you do it. They might actually call child protection services on you. And I know that I am not alone in experiencing this kind of judgment or being made to feel guilty about disciplining my own child. 
So what happens when we raise undisciplined children? There is no shortage of examples in scripture, but first we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 5, 20 through 31, and then we'll be in Jeremiah 25 verses 1 through 14. So we do got a lot of reading to do. Pause this if you can, grab your Bible or journal and follow along. I'll be in the NLT version of scripture. All right, Jeremiah chapter 5 verses 20 through 31. The title is A Warning for God's People. It says, make this announcement to Israel and say this to Judah. Listen, you foolish and senseless people with eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. Have you no respect for me? Why don't you tremble in my presence? I, the Lord, define the ocean's sandy shoreline as an everlasting boundary that the waters cannot cross. The waves may toss and roar, but they can never pass the boundaries I set. But my people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned away and abandoned me. They do not say from the heart, let us live in awe of the Lord our God, for he gives us rain each spring and fall, assuring us of a harvest when the time is right. Your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. Your sin has robbed you of all these good things. Among my people are wicked men who lie in wait for victims like a hunter hiding in a blind. They continually set traps to catch people. Like a cage filled with birds, their homes are filled with evil plots. And now they are great and rich. They are fat and sleek, and there is no limit to their wicked deeds. They refuse to provide justice to orphans and deny the rights of poor people. Should I not punish them for this, says the Lord? Should I not avenge myself against such a nation? A horrible and shocking thing has happened in this land. The prophets give false prophecies, and the priests rule with an iron hand. Worst yet, my people like it that way. But what will you do when the end comes? What a word. What a description. The picture this paints for what is going on in this rebellious nation, I think is pretty relatable to all of us right now. Now, let's go to Jeremiah 25 uh, verses 1 through 14. And the prophet Jeremiah, um, in this chapter, he is warning the rebellious nation of Judah and Jerusalem that we just read about, and he's telling them that God's judgment and punishment is coming for them. And this is the foretelling of what is actually about to happen to Daniel and his three friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, um, being overthrown by Babylon and then taken captive to serve the enemy's court. So chapter 25, verse 1, it's titled 70 Years of Captivity. This message for all people of Judah came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign over Judah. This was the year when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon began his reign. Jeremiah the prophet said to all people in Judah and Jerusalem, for the past 23 years, from the 13th reign of Josiah and son of Ammon, king of Judah, until now, the Lord has been giving me his messages. I have faithfully passed them on to you, but you have not listened. Again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, the prophets, but you have not listened 
or even paid attention. Each time the message was this, turn from the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you are doing. Only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord gave to you and your ancestors forever. Do not provoke my anger by worshiping idols you made with your own hands. Then I will not harm you. But you would not listen to me, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping idols you made with your own hands, bringing on yourselves all the disasters you now suffer. And now the Lord of heaven's armies says, because you have not listened to me, I will gather together all the armies of the north under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, whom I have appointed as my deputy. I will bring them all against this land and its people and against the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy you and make you an object of horror and contempt and a ruin forever. I will take away your happy singing and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. Your millstones will fall silent and the lights in your homes will go out. This entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and her neighboring lands will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Then after the 70 years of captivity are over, I will punish the king of Babylon and his people for their sins, says the Lord. I will make the country of the Babylonians a wasteland forever. I will bring upon them all the terrors I have promised in this book, all the penalties announced by Jeremiah against the nations. Many nations and great kings will enslave the Babylonians just as they enslaved my people. I will punish them in proportion to the suffering they cause my people. Then we go over to the book of Daniel. We see all these things began to unfold. God is punishing this rebellious nation. And among them is Daniel and his three friends who are not rebellious. They are faithful servants of the Lord. Nonetheless, they get taken captive by the Babylonians, but are able to stand firm in their faith with integrity, humility, and bravery. They were disciplined and obedient to God's authority, despite having to also endure punishment for the behavior of Judah as a whole. When we fail to discipline our children, we raise up the next rebellious generation who will be subject to great punishment and judgment by an all-powerful and mighty God. Also, we can see that God doesn't always discipline according to an individual, but as a nation, a country, as a whole people. So are our children prepared to endure like Daniel and his friends? If they are not obedient to us, how will they be obedient to a God which they don't see? If they don't experience discipline from us as parents, how will they be able to stand under the discipline of the Lord? Now let us consider Jesus. We are going to read Isaiah chapter 53. 
Isaiah was also a prophet, and this chapter, chapter 53, um, should be one we all have bound in our hearts, something we always come back to. He is actually telling of the coming time in detail of Jesus and the extent of punishment that he would bear for us. It says, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence, like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life was made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. The ultimate punishment for all nations, all people in all times would be laid upon Jesus Christ. It would fall upon him to bear and endure not just the punishment me and my children deserve, but the entire world, past, present, future, all the wrath upon his human body. Can you imagine? In the Garden of Gethsemane, it says he was so burdened by this that it made him sweat blood. Blood, he sweat blood. I cannot even begin to understand the weight of such a burden. And his tremendous display of love makes my heart yearn to be obedient to him, to live a righteous life, one of integrity, to be disciplined. It makes me want to drive sin 
far away from my children to correct them, to teach them to practice repentance and to help them develop a hatred for sin. The very thing that brought death upon our sweet savior. Hebrews 5, 7, and 8 says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. And even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Mamas, we should not consider our children above discipline, punishment, and correcting. We should not consider them or even us above suffering for the sake of Christ, for the sake of learning to be obedient. We don't live our lives to please the people around us who may be judging us on how we interact with our children, but we live to honor our one and only Lord. We live our lives in a way that brings honor to what Christ has suffered once and for all, not just for our own household, but for all people. We must point our children to Christ for their salvation, for the way that they should behave, to show them their need to be obedient and create in them a willingness to experience suffering. Let me leave you with two scriptures, Luke 17, 24 and five. It says, for as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the son of man comes. But first, the son of man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. Romans 8, 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Mamas, let us not just be content with our kids simply making good choices, but let us prepare them to be heirs of God's glory and Christ's suffering. So for next week, I want to let you know that I have a surprise guest with me on discussing the question, why did Jesus have to die? Was there another way? So be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out. And then also leave a comment. Send me your topic requests, feedback questions, anything goes. Until next week, teach them truth, train them up, and trust God through it all.